ministering here tonight is Tom Stammen, all the way from Minneapolis, Minnesota, as well as the Honduras. He's a man of two countries, a man of the word, a man of the prophetic, and a man of encouragement, and a man who loves children. His heart is turned towards the next generation, and um, I just love Tom. Tom, come right on, brother. Amen. It's good to be here. God is good. And all the time. And the devil's bad. And all the time. And he's bad the bone. Amen. ¿Quién vive? A su nombre. A su pueblo. La victoria. Need to work on that. Okay. All right. Gloria a Dios. That'll work. Turn your Bible to Isaiah chapter 25. Isaiah 25. Appreciate you coming back tonight. It's going to be a good night. God's got some good words for you, amen? And uh, if you're ever interested, the way I know what to preach on is I'll say, God, what do you want me to preach on? And then he'll just speak in my heart either uh, a section of scripture or a topic. And he told me to preach on Isaiah 25. And I preached on this one other time before. And Shake will appreciate this. When I was in Davenport, Iowa, which is where a lot of your family's from. So I thought you'd appreciate that. Turn your Bible to Isaiah 25, verse 1. I'm going to encourage you to take out that pen and paper to take notes. Or your cell phone, iPad, Kindle, neighbor's shirt, whatever you got. And let's go right through the scriptures and see, pull out the nuggets. Tonight we're going mining for the nuggets in God's Word. Isaiah 25, verse 1 talks about, O oh Lord, you are my God. Now, in our pluralistic society and polytheistic society and politically correct, you offend people when you tell them there's only one way to God. So I don't want to offend anybody, but there's only one way to God. And his name is Jesus Christ. If that offends you, you're in the wrong meeting. And I'm not I'm telling you what he said. He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to God except through me. And I've had people tell me, well, it doesn't matter which name you call God. Really? Try kissing your wife and telling her she's a different name. If you can survive three slams, <laughs> amen, God help you, Amen you got to get the right name. Amen? I just want to let you know that in Mary, just in case. Okay. And God wants to be called by his name. He's not Buddha. He's not Allah. Okay. He is the God of the Bible. Amen. And, and his son's name is Jesus. Amen. And we got to get that right. So, oh, Lord, you're my God. Hopefully tonight, Jesus is your Lord and not the kingdom of kingdom. Now, let me give you a three-test, step-test to see if Jesus really is your God. Number one, I'm going to ask you the question is this. How do you spend your time after you get done with all the work you got to do? That's your God. Now, we all got to work. We got to clean. We got to pay bills. You got to mow the yard. Okay. But after you get all that stuff done, what do you do? That's your priority. How do you spend your time? We talked about second service. It's not enough just to say you love God. It's got to be by our actions. If he is our Lord, he should be priority. How many would agree? Say amen. Number two, how do you spend, number two, how do you spend your money? After you pay your bills, everything is paid, how do you, how do you spend your money? We can say that Jesus is Lord, but is he Lord? Based on how we spend our money. Tithing is great. It's a great start for beginners. We're no longer Old Testament. We're New Testament. And Jesus wants to be number, number one in our life. Is he number one in your life? Is he? Number three, what do you do? What do you do? Is it to the glory of God or is it for yourself? We all need breaks. How many can say amen? We all need vacation, but, but what are you doing with your actions? Is it to serve God or is it to serve yourself? If the FBI was following you, could you be convicted of being a Christian? Could you? Fourthly, how do you, what do you talk about the most? I used to talk about sports, but our teams always lose. The Minnesota Cry Queens, Timber Puppies, Twinkies, and the Golden Goofers. We lose. We talk, I don't talk about sports anymore. I talk about Jesus because I read the back of the book and we win. Amen. We're not talking about just being a mediocre Christian. I'm talking about people that are saying, Jesus is Lord. Those four things. How do, what do you do with those four things? 
in Jesus' name. Now, as I preach, I stop in the middle and pray for people, because I believe that God has a word for people here tonight. How many can say amen? So if I call you out, don't have a heart attack. We don't want to raise you from the dead so early in the meeting. Had a guy die in the service once, and we took out 12 church members before he found the right guy. <laughs> the dead in Christ will rise first. Amen. There's a guy in the red shirt there, and the knee brace, once you stand up, this guy is a character. Amen. And the first word I had was, if he wasn't saved, he'd be a troublemaker. He probably, I want a couple guys to come stand by him. He probably knew every principal on a first-name basis growing up. But anyway, so, <laughs> exactly right. Amen. He's a little bit mysterious. But Lord, we thank you that he has been redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. This man would be awesome in men's ministry. He's kind of a manly man most of the time. And God, he hangs out with guys, and he relates even to unbelievers. Without compromising his Christian love, God, he can relate to people. So I pray, Father, for him to fulfill Paul's command. Do the work of an evangelist. Let him bring people to God. Amen. Let him relate to them. I pray, God, for resources to be able to meet the needs of people that have serious financial needs. In the name of Jesus, give them ideas and strategies. Retirement? <laughs> Never, ever. Amen. He's just getting started. Give him a awesome pickup truck to help people move. <laughs> That's a test of Christianity right there in Jesus' name. And God, I thank you that he's a worshiper and knows you. Bring people to God in a family that have never known about Jesus. They've never given their life to Christ. Not one member. Let him bring that first person in that family to Jesus. Even other people from other nations and cultures and languages in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Give him a hand in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, you had that one outreach where 100 people got tickets to go to the Rangers game. I think like 50 people showed up. Maybe your team played as good as the Twinkies. Maybe that's why as many came. But I think that's a great outreach. And I can see a man like that putting something like that together. What do you think? Amen. All right. By the way, who is the Lone Rangers partner? Does anybody know what Tonto means in Spanish? Stupid. Tonto means stupid. I wonder what kimosabi means. We don't want to know. But anyways, um, verse 1, I will extol you. I will magnify you. How many of you had some serious problems in the last year? Raise your hand. How many here prayed for the rapture at least once in the last month? Come quickly, Lord Jesus. How many said, I can't take it anymore? <laughs> uh, you're, in, you're in the wrong club. I'm there. And when we talk about our problems and we worry about our problems, they only seem to get bigger. The Bible doesn't say, oh, magnify the problem. It says, oh, magnify the Lord. And when we talk about our problems, and, we, and it's good to vent. Of course, when other people share, they're complaining, but when I do it, I'm venting. But uh, <laughs> it's good to share, to get prayer. It is. But God is bigger than our problems. How many can say hallelujah? It may not seem that way at the time. But we cannot spend our time magnifying the problem. We have to magnify the Lord. How many can say amen? Now, occasionally, the government makes mistakes. Okay, mostly. And, and I have a friend of mine. We talk about how bad the government is, especially up north. At least you got Texas, your own country. And uh, <laughs> how bad it is. And after about five years in discussing how bad it is, he said, what difference have we made in our five-year discussion? Oh, I rebuke that right now. You know, it's bigger than the government. How many can say amen? In Honduras, we fought the government, and we won. Thank you, Jesus. And God showed me he is stronger than any government. And we can complain and remain in our pain. I'm preaching it myself now. But if we praise, we raise. Amen? So what is God trying to say? He's trying to say this, look. Don't magnify your problems. The Bible doesn't say worry about the mountain. It doesn't say talk about the mountain. It doesn't say sing about the mountain. It says speak to the mountain, be moved, and it shall be moved. So in Egypt, there was a discussion, a debate between Christians and the kill you religion. And they're going back and forth, back and forth, arguing whose God is greater. 
And the Muslims said to the Christians, well, we read in your book that God can move mountains. We've never seen him move a mountain. And the Christians prayed. This is a true story. And the Christians prayed, and a mountain moved a mile and a half. Did you hear that story? And there is in Egypt, and two different guys have verified this, Christian people, and it's called the mountain that moved. Our God, not just symbolically, our God is a great God, and he can move mountains. Amen? Give the Lord a hand. Amen and amen. How many here have ever been depressed? Say, "Uh uh-huh. How many are sitting next to someone that makes you depressed? No, don't raise your hand. Okay. Okay. All right. Oh, pastor, that was cute. Timing is everything. So is location. But anyway, so anyway, I have found this, that your worship is your worship. That when you praise God, things happen. Is that not true? And we know that in Second Chronicles 20 when God said, I'm going to fight your battles. I just want you to praise me. That doesn't mean we don't study. It doesn't mean we don't get a job. It doesn't mean we don't get counsel. It just means that praise is powerful. That's why when you come to a meeting like this, open your mouth and praise him. I, it says, I will praise him. I will exalt him. I will magnify him. People that are depressed are rarely praisers. When I see Shake and Bake and his wife get up there and sing, he's not like, I'm so depressed. I have to lead worship. Will somebody pray for me? It's terrible. How many here have ever came to, depre- came to church depressed and stressed, and you started praising God, and you forgot about your problems? Raise your hand. Then you got in the car and remembered all of them. Because we got off the praise level. I want to encourage you today. And, 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 and I've never been a girl. I've always been a guy. The right state to stay that one, right? right? <laughs> Not California, sorry. Okay. And guys, I hate to say it, are notorious for not wanting to worship and sing. Now, some guys do. But percentage-wise, it's a lot more women than men. I would encourage you guys, whether you can sing good or not, if if you sing solo, sing solo, nobody can hear you, that's fine. But sing and worship and see what God does. I would encourage you women to motivate your man. I'm depressed. Go worship. I don't feel like it, then I don't want to hear it. Amen. Just a thought. What do you think? Amen. Some women are getting excited there. I like that sermon right there. Are you exalting and magnifying your problem or the Lord? What do you talk about the most? I admit sometimes I talk too much about what I'm going through instead of what he's helped me already go through. Amen and amen. All right. Let's pray for a young person. I I like praying for young people. Because they have a whole lifetime to achieve the prophecy. You always increase your odds. Okay. And, and what is your name? Samuel. Was it? Samuel. Come on, Samuel. Come up here. And what's your middle name, Samuel? What's your middle name? Veronica. All right. Come stand by Samuel. Let's pray. Stretch forth your hands and here we go. Samuel likes to win. Amen. I pray to sing and to serve God, and to be strong in the Lord and the power of His might. I pray for Samuel, to, as a young person, to hear the voice of God, to be an encouragement to others. Samuel can dance good. I like to see Brother Shake sometime. You guys have a kids' dance team. Samuel could be in that dance team. Let the power of God flow through Samuel, even at a young age. I pray the glory of God would shine in the face of Samuel. That God's name would be praised in Jesus' name. Take every worry out of Samuel's heart in the name of Jesus. And that Samuel trust in the Lord, for he is good. Even at a young age, writing a song in Jesus' name. Amen. Give Samuel an amen. Now, now that smile is incredible. Amen. Because I've been to Kentucky where there's a lot of smiles but not a lot of teeth. The church I was in the other day, like, half the people don't have half the teeth. I was in Kentucky. I said, um, uh, 
Brother, why'd you marry your wife? She had the prettiest tooth in the county. And I did a little research, and I found out that they invented the word toothbrush in Kentucky. The toothbrush. The one state that never has to floss. You're from Kentucky? (laughs) Nice. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, I made a mistake. Arkansas. (laughs) Then you know what I'm talking about. Then you know what I mean, sir. Of course, Arkansas is the first state in the Bible. Learn that at cemetery. Noah got out of the Arkansas. Let's write that down. I learned that in cemetery. It says, as for you have done wonderful things. You know what happens during times of trial and stress is we forget how wonderful God is and the wonderful things he's already done. And we forget and are ungrateful for the things he's already done. How many here have already been healed by God at least once? Do you know why we have faith? Because he's faithful. How many here have ever had a financial problem? Raise your hand. Wherever two or three are gathered together, there's a financial problem. And how many had God come through? And All the time. How many here definitely are not starving? If I'm not careful, I could be on both sides of the family tree. God is faithful. God has done wonderful things. One of the worst things you can do is compare yourself to other people. How many know other people that are more blessed than you? How many know other people that are not near as blessed as you are? So either we think we're better than people that aren't, or we feel depressed because we're not as blessed as somebody else. But you know what? We are blessed in our life. He has done wonderful things. And the exciting thing is, because he's faithful, he wants to do more wonderful things. How many here believe in for that? Say amen. I'm glad what God did. I'm really more excited what he's going to do. Amen. But I don't want to forget to say thank you. How many don't see people that are so ungrateful? Ungrateful. They have the attitude, what have you done for me lately? My wife and I, and I've, I started writing down the names, have had over 125 people live in our house. 95% for free. And I can count on one hand that left and said thank you. Un, right? Grateful. If they don't even thank me who provided their physical needs, I know they're not thanking God. Even at our lowest points in life, how many know we are extremely blessed? How many can say amen? He has done wonderful things. You have to, and it's hard, to remind yourself, God, you've done this, you've done that, the lion and the bear stories, and you will help me slay this uncircumcised Philistine. Amen. He's done good things. Have we, as one of the country western music guys saying, have we so easily forgotten? Have we? Let's not forget the wonderful things he's done. It's okay to tell God thank you more than once for the same thing. Right? Do you do that? Well, I think it in my head. That's great. But how many know in marriage, a wife wants something more than thinking it in your head? They want a card, they want a thank you, and they want cash. I mean, they want a, 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 a encouragement. <laughs> Amen, that's good. I'm preaching good, huh? Thank God for women. We wouldn't have an economy. <laughs> what do men need? <laughs> you know, what do men need? Women. Very good. <laughs> Uh, that's, that's a, I was I was going there, but not, you good. Okay, I'll, I'll quit my statement right there. You nailed it right there. All right, let's pray for one of my favorite people, Brother Shake. Come up here. I'm gonna pray for you and bring your beloved wife. Boy, she knocked it out of the park again tonight. How I many that that song they sang is their song? And that is so anointed. Amen. And uh, so let's, I want some guys to gather around Brother Shake and, and his bride, and, and let's pray and see what Jesus has to say. Amen and amen and amen. You ever heard of a guy named Hezekiah Walker? Do you know him? Well, good. I pray God for opportunities to sing with some godly people. To even, Lord, in his studio to produce CDs and get paid for it. And God even to write songs and send them to people 
copyright them first. You know, just want to let you know that. And the God, you stir him to write psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. How about writing some songs on healing? Not a lot of those out there. Three or four in the last 30 years, he can write new songs. How about some Christian love songs? Maybe one or two of those, if they even exist anymore. So God, I pray you stir him in a variety of songs, from worship to healing to doctrinal to marriage. God, even write let him take a song of Solomon and sing it to his wife. Amen. God, I pray for him to do marriage ministry. I pray, God, for concerts to raise hundreds of thousands of dollars. Do you know anything about this Jewish thing that get together in Texas? There's like a Jewish conference. I'm praying that you would go to Israel, and that God would give them divine connections in Israel in the name of Jesus. Uh, Paul Wilbur singing songs, using some Hebrew words in his music. Anoint him and inspire him. Let every debt be paid in the name of Jesus, so they can be debt-free to serve the King of kings and Lord of lords. I pray, God, you put even more godly people in his life, Lord, to speak into him, to encourage him. Let his songs be prophetic and anointed and even evangelistic in the name of Jesus. Give him some radio time for some of his songs. In Jesus' name we pray. Even connecting with people from the old rock and roll days. Do a music gig for God. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Give him a hand. Amen. How many of you here are glad to be alive? Say amen. Did you hear about the Palestinian that married the Norwegian? He named his son Yasser Yabetcha. Yasser Yabetcha. That was a good one. It's my favorite one right there. Still verse 1, your counsels of old are faithfulness and truth. There's different realms of politics. There's people that are progressive and there are people that are constitutional. And constitutional people believe that the Constitution is anointed by God and we ought to stick with it. How many can say amen? Now, there's a certain percentage of people, a very small Christian group, that are progressive. Forget about the past. Let's go to the future. But how many here believe that the past is essential to the future? That you can learn things through history, amen, so we don't repeat the same mistakes they've made thousands of years ago. Well, his word is faithfulness and truth. And how sad it is that even as Christians, people get away from the word. There's a lot of Christians, they don't know the book of Genesis from the book of the Philippines. They've never read Job or Psalms. Jehovah's Witness comes to the door and they pretend they're not home. Because they don't know the word. And when pastor preaches expository, or I'm preaching expository, that's to expose the meaning of the word. So when you read the Bible yourself, you're feeding yourself. Amen. And it says here in this word, his counsels of old, God has so much wisdom in his word. One of the books I want to write is, uh, a billionaire teaches us how to become millionaires out of the book of Proverbs. One of the wealthiest men who ever existed taught us how to be wealthy. But you've got to read the book of Proverbs. Turn off that hell of vision and get a vision. Get out of Facebook and get in the faith book in Jesus' name. Because there's wisdom and counsel. Let's not repeat the same mistakes they made thousands of years ago. Let's go forward because we have the word of God. Is the word of God close to your heart? Make a decision this year to read the Bible all the way through. My granddaughter's eight years old. And uh, she's reading the Bible all the way through at 8. Uh, she's supposed to be in second grade. They skipped two grades. She's now in fourth grade. She's homeschooled. And she scores in the high 90s in sixth grade uh, reading. She reads 30 books a week. But she reads the Bible. She wants to be a surgeon. So now when I see her, I call her Dr. Alexa. My second granddaughter, she's smart too. She memorized all the presidents. She's in kindergarten. I said, you probably want to be a doctor too, right, Dr. Olivia? No, Grandpa. I don't want to be a doctor. I want to be a mommy. Be the best mommy you can be, amen. The wisdom is here. Now, this isn't like, oh, I didn't know that. Maybe I should read my Bible. Durr. But sometimes we don't need more revelation. We need more motivation. Put the word as a priority, and God will put you in the front of the line. Does that make sense? Amen. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all 
these things will be added to you. Does that make sense to anybody here? All right, I'm praying for the guy in the back in the red shirt sitting like this. And uh, talking. you're the only one back there. You know what I'm talking about. Get up here. And the lady next to you is your stand by your man. It could be a song. All right, I want a bunch of guys. Oh, how sweet he is waiting for her to come up to hold her hand. Wow. How cute is that? Okay, why don't you face me here? All right. Some guys. Come on, guys. Stand up. Three, four guys. Help me pray for him. Amen. And I, I love this guy because he was in like, this is figurative, of course, in the jaw of a bear trap. And God has set you free. And God, I thank you that he married this awesome woman to keep him on the straight and narrow path. Amen. Because occasionally he might be tempted to veer and you will preach at him. Is that not true? Or give you the woman's look that is downright scary. It's that mom's look like you better not mess up. You're going to get it. And yet God has radically changed him. Amen. And I'm praying, God, for a ministry to reach out to the lost, to reach out to kids that don't have dads. Because I really believe you've got a daddy's heart. If you go on a mission trip, you get to be my bodyguard. Go ahead and shoot. I'm protected by God. <laughs> Two of you, I'm protected in Jesus' name. So God, I pray that you anoint him, Father, in the workforce. That God, he can have his own business. That God, people can work for him as a great leader in the world, in Jesus' name. That God, he'll be able to relate to people. And they'll go like, you're a Christian. And a good Christian at that, in Jesus' name. He's sitting in the back, but he's not a back row sitter. God, you're calling him to the front even tonight, to fulfill the call of God in his life in Jesus' name. So I pray as his wife sharpens him like a pencil, amen, to be used for the glory of God. That he'll never complain about coming to church, volunteering, helping out. Even use them in Sunday school class, both of them in Jesus' name, to teach kids the Word of God. Let the Word of God be a priority to him. God, let him relate to people in Jesus' name. I could also see you conceal and carry in Jesus' name until you can do it openly. I'd like to see him shoot a deer in Jesus' name. Amen. Is that good? Yeah, this guy's cool. Give him a hand. Amen. How you likable? And really, that guy, he's a teddy bear. Amen. Right? He's lovable. Praise the Lord. Do you know that guy? Yeah. And God has so changed you, it is incredible. Friends years ago would not even recognize the way you are. Oh, man, you're just woman whip, man. You're doing whatever she wants. She's got you wrapped around her finger. Amen. You're going like, glory to God. Amen. You're as happy as you've ever been. Amen. And she will volunteer you to do things you don't want to do, and you're hardly ever going to complain. Thank you, brother. You're right on target. Sounds like a story. Let's keep going here. Verse 2, for you have made a city a ruin, a fortified city a ruin, a palace of foreigners to be a city no more. It will never be rebuilt. Write this down. Next thing in Isaiah talks about destroying cities, demolishing strongholds. See, I never had a gift to build. I have a gift to destroy things. <laughs> I can wreck things really good. I was gifted that growing up. I can break things. Amen. And I like to destroy the works of the devil. How many can say amen? When he's doing his thing, I like to see God do his thing. Amen had a lady come to one of my meetings, and she got saved. She was a devil worshiper. She was a witch. And um, a number of years later, uh, some witches came in the meeting. and they start, I didn't know they were witches, but they started doing this. During my preaching, we're like, I thought I'd seen it all. Charismatic Pentecostal weirdos. And then I called up somebody to pray for, and they came up to help. And they got too close to the anointing, and they both started choking. <laughs> it was awesome. <laughs> and they had to carry him out of the church. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> right? Don't mess with the anointing, amen. Destroying the works of the devil. Taking people from his kingdom and putting them in God's kingdom. Worst day of my life, and that's a challenge, is uh, my son called me up many years ago and said, Dad, he's crying. I said, Whoa, what's wrong? I got a brain tumor. 
Remember those? Remember that? And I just wanted, I just was, it was the most horrible, horrible thing. And I remember the, the two and a half weeks just struggling. You know, is he going to live, die? If he goes through the surgery, he would be paralyzed. We lose his functions. I mean, he's engaged to be married. He's uh, just finished a second year law. I mean, his whole life is ahead of him. How could this happen? And I remember making a decision. I made a vow to God. And I said, Lord, if, if he doesn't get better, I swear to God in the Bible, I'm going to build a hospital to pay back the devil. Well, glory to God, he had the surgery. Not only to survive, he passed two... Am I, I shouldn't be walking up here, maybe. There's like a dead spot or something. Yes. And, 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 and I, I remember praying, I'm going to build that hospital. And he survived. And decided, I'm going to build a medical clinic anyway. So I don't know if it's okay to lie to the devil. But I did. And we built that medical clinic. And it's the only medical clinic with 20,000 people. Thank you, brother. With 20,000 people. And it's saving souls and helping people. And I was sick and they came to visit me. And we destroyed the works of the devil. Our oldest daughter we talked about in the service, she was daughter of a prostitute, sisters are prostitutes. Now she's third-year medical student. Taking someone that the devil owned and destroying the plans of Satan and bringing them in the kingdom of God in Jesus' name. The next vision that God just stirred in my heart two days ago. We're going to Nigeria. We've got 80 acres we're looking at. We're going to build an orphanage. We're going to build a city. And we're going to take the children of the martyred parents that were killed through Boko Rahom, or how you say that, Boko, whatever, and take those kids and give them a home so mom and dad can be up in heaven, not, I don't know if they're going to be concerned about their kids, how that works, but I would be concerned, and give them a place. It's destroying the plans of the devil. How many here would like to participate in destroying the plans of the devil? Can I hear an amen? And put him underneath your stinky feet in Jesus' name. Amen. It's time for war. Amen. The devil started it. Jesus got involved, and we're going to finish it for the glory of God. Is that Laura back there? Your turn. What would this, come on, ladies, help me pray, three to five. What would this church do without her? Come on, secretary. So are you ready? You want to help me pray? You can never retire, ever. Well, when I get older, I'm going to let somebody else do it. You might do something different. But as long as there's kids, you're not going to retire. You may do more administrative in the future, but you're always going to help kids. I'm surprised she hasn't written her own curriculum. I'm sorry, we didn't hear that. I'm working on it. Well, let's get it done. I pray it will be so good that maybe uh, Gateway could look at it. You just never know. But more importantly, she loves the kids that are here teaching. She's not going to just teach them about Joan and the whale. It's a whale of a story. It's a good story. But she's going to teach about healing, signs and wonders and miracles, being filled with the Holy Ghost, praying for people, reading that word in Jesus' name. So thank you, Father, for her to be, to be faithful in Jesus' name. Now, I'm not saying there's never going to be another opportunity somewhere else, because there may be, and, and maybe God will lead you to take that. But for ministry-wise, you're going to minister until you lose all your breath. So we're going to encourage and bless people in Jesus' name, and take mission trips, and do kids' crusades. I got saved first time when I was 12 years old at a, at a, at a Baptist uh, Awanas program. Actually, it was fourth grade. Gave my life to Jesus first time. And I pray, Father, for many kids that look back someday as adults and say, I found Jesus at that camp. I found Jesus at that outreach. I found Jesus in Sunday school. And when you get to heaven, it'll all be worth it then. It'll all be worth it then. Give her a hand in Jesus' name. Amen and amen and amen. In fact, this is cool. You can like this one, Shake and Bake. How many kids' Christian songs have you written lately? Kids, not like, for, like goat kids. I'm talking about like human kids. How many kids' songs has he wrote? 
How many groups are there out there writing children's worship songs? I, I know there was years ago. There was Salty. But maybe there still is. There probably is. I don't work a lot with kids' music. But I'm telling you, there's an open door to write kids' music. And I'm believing, not only just kids' music, for kids' dancers. How many can say amen? Amen. How many parents would be okay with your kids dancing for Jesus? Amen. Can you imagine once a month the kids having a dance for Christ? How many think that would be awesome? Amen. It could be so good, it could be on TV. Amen. It's just a thought. I think it must be a God thought because it's intelligent. The other day I told my wife, I have an idea. She said, did it hurt? Okay. All right, lots of good stuff here. Uh, let's, let's skip to verse number four. We've been a strength to the poor. Remember how many times I read the scriptures? Over and over and over. From the Pentateuch to the, to the Gospels, to the prophets, the Gospels, the epistles, Psalms and Proverbs. Help the poor, help the poor, help the poor. It's a, it's a, it's a consistent theme in the Bible. And, see, and a lot of churches don't help the poor because the poor don't have any money. Most denominations do not have orphanages. In fact, there are certain denominations, won't tell you which ones, that will tell their people, do not start an orphanage. If you, this has been said, if you start an orphanage, we will not support you. These are bigger Pentecostal denominations. Why do they say that? Because there's no money and it drains money. But the Bible says in Proverbs 19.17, write this down. He that gives to the poor lends to God and God pays. So let me ask you a question. Who's the banker? No. Not there. Let me quote you again. Everybody gets this wrong. First time. He that gives to the... Lends to God and God pays. Who's the banker? The person giving. (laughs) Because you're giving to someone who cannot give to you. Therefore God says, I'll take the note. I will co-sign the note. And I will pay you back. How many can say hallelujah? Why do you think this church is blessed? Because they give. Not just give to their own programs to build up their own local church. They give to the nations, and that's why this church is blessed. How many can say amen? You are loaning to God, and God pays. Jesus talked about that if you give things up, you get a hundred times when? Now, very good, and the next life. And I thought a hundred times, that's that's 10,000%. I went, is that like figurative? Is that symbolic? And And he said, We'll go back seven years. So I went back seven years. I wrote down all my assets seven years in ministry and personal. And after seven years of giving to orphans, guess what? A hundred times more. I'm not talking about 85 times in seven years. Now I'm believing for a hundred times again. (laughs) And there's a company we're a part of that's going on the NASDAQ stock exchange because I set up four of the five partners, they want, they already have it in writing, and they give me the certificates to give me a, a percentage of everything that comes in, and they're buying dairy farms at 10 to $50 million a pop. Do the math. They're meeting with billion-dollar companies saying, we're in, we're in, we're in. Incredible opportunity. It's awesome. And you know what? We're going to buy land and build orphanages and feeding centers and businesses. We want to do something big for God. How many do? So I'm telling you this, always help the poor. Always help people. Pure, okay, hold on, you're right on. Go ahead and share it. Pure religion is feeding the orphans and loving the widows. Absolutely. You can outgive God. You're his banker. And how many knows he always pays on time? And he pays with mega interest, not 1%. 
Does that make sense to anybody here? All right. Uh, this young lady, why don't you stand up here? She, she's a keeper. Amen. Come on up here. You married, single, what? You divorced? Well, you know what? That guy's lost everything he had. He should have stayed with you. Let's have some people come stand by. I want five, seven women. I'm going to prophesy this right now. It gets very painful. It's, it's, it's even, it's, it, don't be ashamed, but there's a shame there. Even well-meaning, I don't want to say idiots, but well-meaning people will say, well, you should have loved him more. You should have done this more, blah, 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 blah. You know, let me just tell you something real quick. It takes two to make it and only one to break it. You know, I want to tell you something, too. This theology, God is divorced twice. He divorced Israel, according to the scriptures. He divorced Judah, and he married the church. So, God, I pray that you heal her and you strengthen her. It is not the end. It's a beautiful beginning. There's a beautiful beginning going to happen. I'm telling you this right now. When, when the day comes, it's not now. It's not right away. You've got to go through the emotions. You've got to go through the seasons. But one day you can look back and say, it was horrible, but, boy, is my life great now. I want to declare to you, okay, that the worst is over and the best is yet to come. I want to say to you that God has seen your faith. God has seen your love. He knows you have tried. He knows you've forgiven probably more than you should have. I forgive. I forgive. And the person is a bully. The person doesn't care. The person has a hard heart. And I pray in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ that you heal her spirit and take away every ounce of condemnation. Yeah, there's things you have to adjust. There's things that you might have to change. But come on. You gave it the best you could. And I pray in the name of Jesus that you heal her spirit, her soul, her body. And one day when that right person comes across your path, every tear you shed will be forgotten in Jesus' name. And that shall happen. Amen. Give her a hand. Amen. Give me a hug. Amen. Bless you. Amen. And how many... Let's stand up and show your support to this woman that she does not have a spirit of shame in this church. Give her a standing ovation in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. You can be seated. Thank you. We're all standing with you. The worst is over and the best is yet to come. Amen. Amen. Let's keep going here. It says this. He'll be a strength to the needy. In his distress. Can you imagine not having a place to sleep at night? Can you imagine not having food to eat at night? Our first little girl we got, her name was Wendy. And it took two years to get her to stop putting food in her pocket when she'd go to bed at night. Because they'd wash her clothes and she had like chicken stains. And rice stains in her pockets because she would take food and stick it in her pocket and go to sleep at night and have a snack. Sometimes it takes six months to train our kids, look, you don't have to dig in the garbage can anymore. We're going to feed you. In fact, my wife had to sit down with the kids and say, you guys, you girls are eating too much. You're looking like Americans. Because they eat so good, some of them are getting a little bit chunky. Which is cute, but you know, you know what I'm saying? Start to look like us. Amen. It's not good. And so the, the, the point is this is that, that people are stressed. And I'll tell you something, you want to get rid of stress? Worship your God. And if, and if I had to remind myself, cast your cares upon him because he cares for you. I went through some of the most stressful, horrific things. And God says to my wife and I, you've got to cast your care upon him. You were not made to handle the stresses of life. You cannot handle it. Your heart wasn't made to handle it. And that's why we have God in life. Is that not true? You need to encourage the people around you. Bring it to the Lord in prayer. Cast those, those, those pains to him and watch him heal you in Jesus' name. Because God knows that life is stressful. But thank God we have a God big enough to handle all our stress. Amen. Is that exciting or what? So what are you holding on to? Well, I've got to be responsible. I've got to take care of it myself. You need to be responsible. But ultimately, without him, 
We cannot succeed. We cannot handle the things we're going through. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, I'm just having a good time tonight. How many here are blessed? Say amen. How many here are fired up? Say amen. Amen. All right. Well, I have to wrap it up here pretty soon, but let's pray for somebody. Who am I going to call out here? There's so many awesome people. Uh, you in the blue shirt. Okay, I want you, a bunch of guys to come stand by him. Let's pray for him. Come on, shake and bake. Let's pray. Here you go. Come on, guy in the red shirt, tattoos. Okay, don't steal the show, okay? Let's pray for this man, too. And I'm telling you this, the devil's trying to wreck your life, man. It's like, all my dreams, all my work, everything I put myself into, it's gone. And what's happening is God is, like, weaning you from all the things that you loved and believed in. He's weaning you and like, all I got is Jesus. I mean, I don't know your story. No one said, by the way, this guy's going to be coming here tonight. Let me just tell you. See, whatever you were before I was here a year ago, things are different. And the devils came over like a bulldozer. He's trying to wipe you out like, you know what? And he even whispers, just give up. You're an idiot. Look, you serve God, and this is what you get out of it. Just quit. And then the devil tries to put a little bit of shame on you. Well, you should have, could have, would have. And God is praying in the name of Jesus that this man will remain strong. It'll say, no, for he is my fortress, my God in whom I trust. And God, he'll come under the shadow of the Almighty. He'll get, he'll get closer to God. And, and, and you're going to get closer to God because the, the devil's knocked off every single thing you were leaning on, even for joy. But I'm telling you, God says you'll get double for your trouble. I'm telling you. Whatever stone would have to be would have to be paid back in Jesus' name. I'm telling you, one day you're gonna be a mighty leader. But this time you're gonna have more compassion. Because you're gonna go, I know the feeling. Oh boy, do I know the feeling. But my God was with me through the difficult times, extremely difficult times. Even at times I don't even want to live. You ever hang your shoulder hang your head? I'll come slap your chin. You have every reason to praise God. You're rebounding back. You're going forward. God's going to work it out for good in the name of Jesus. You don't have to be alone. He is with you. The church is with you. And you shall overcome. And he that overcomes shall inherit all things. Amen. 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 Yeah is right. Okay, well, there's so many good things here. I've got to narrow it down. I don't even know how to stop this here. Let's go down to um, verse number 8. He will swallow up death forever, and the Lord God will wipe away tears from all faces. That is quoted in the book of Revelation. How many here have shed some tears in life? How many here have lost a friend, a family member? How many here have worked hard on something for a decade or two decades, and it's all gone. It's over. And we cry. I want to ask you a question. We're getting ready to wrap it up here, but take out that pen and paper. What makes you cry? You know, if nothing makes you cry, you're a dangerous person. If you have no compassion for people, how sad your life is. If nothing ever causes you to be passionate enough to cry, you have hardened your heart. You know, we have a heart to feed kids across the world, but we help people in America. And sometimes it's it's really harder to help people in America because most people in America, the reason why they're struggling is because they make bad decisions. But there's innocent people in America. We're all one false accusation away from going to jail. I talked about that this morning. I spent a night in jail. <laughs> I was innocent. <laughs> okay. I got out. Thank you, Jesus. I sued, and I won. It hurts a lot. Can't tell which company I rented from. But I was innocent. I could have been in jail for three to five years for stealing a car that I'd been renting from Hertz for seven years. That, Slow, isn't he? 
Now, I, 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 I wasn't the smartest person. I got an F in math one time. The teacher taught on pi r squared, and I disagreed. So pi's ain't squared. Pi's is round. Brownies is squared. Anyway, <laughs> cute. <laughs> well, I know I'm going with the story now. <laughs> Such a cute comment. I'm almost getting ready to wrap it up here. But I could have got three to five years in jail. I was totally innocent. Okay, they messed up the paperwork. But somebody, if they wouldn't have admitted it just to save their hide, I could have been sent in jail. What would you think? Tom Stam is in jail for stealing a car. I invested in a car dealership 20 minutes away. I don't need to steal a car. They're junky cars I invested in, but still I did. (laughs) But the point is this. We go through disastrous things, write this down, to develop compassion on people. The things you're going through, as Bonnie Tyler once sang, it's a heartache. It's a heartache. It's horrible. Many of us have been through heartache situations to develop compassion, to shed tears. And I pray that God would put in your heart something that makes you cry. So take out that pen and paper. Will you please answer that question? This makes me cry. This puts tears in my eyes. Because one day the scripture says, and my God shall wipe away all your tears. He will do that. Innocent people suffer. I'll tell you the story and then we'll wrap it up. Little Alec uh, was six years old. He liked to play. Can you believe it? He's already working full-time, 50, 60 hours a week at six years old. And one day, like kids do, he complained. And his dad grabbed him by the arm, took a can of gasoline, and dumped it on him and burned him. When we got him, he was full of burn marks. Worse than burning his skin, it burned his being. Angry, bad kid. There are times we thought of just dropping him off at the police station. saying, like, we can't take this kid. He's just not going to change. We could pray. That's all we could do. We did the best we could. And one day he was in a lot of pain, a lot of physical pain. He's crying. And he's a pretty tough kid. He's crying and crying. And one of the nannies said, you just got a Bible. Go read it. And just randomly open up to the letters in red about how Jesus heals. And he looked up to heaven and said, Jesus, I don't even know if you're real. But I hurt so much. Will you heal me? Pain gone. The next day they had chapel. Who's got a testimony? He raises his little hand about 10 years old. Everybody went, him? They thought he was going to goof around, make fun of something. And he shared how Jesus had healed him. Well, we have a contest. Who's the hardest working kid? They get a bicycle. It's bribery, but the Bible says he that gives bribes has many friends. So we bribe the kids. I know it's not good, but otherwise they don't like to work very hard. They're, they're kind of like Americans. I mean, uh, Americans. I mean, and um, he got tied for second place. So he gets to share a bike with another kid. A couple years before, he never would have won nothing because he had such a bad attitude. But he shed many tears. Child abuse bothers me. Starvation bothers me. Injustice bothers me. I hope to God you're still crying. I hope to God you've got tears in your eyes. I hope to God the church doesn't ever harden their hearts so much that they don't care anymore about people that are suffering. I had one pastor say, oh, will you pray for me? I said, yes. Pray that God doesn't bring any more dysfunctional people to my church. So you can have a really small church then. Because dysfunctional people are attracted to the church. And they're hurting. Yeah, they, they, they probably deserve what they're getting sometimes. But sometimes people don't. And even if they do, but by the grace of God, we don't get what we deserve. If we got what we deserved, we'd all be burning in hell in the deepest pain because we've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Have you stopped crying Ask God to open up that well, that fountain 
of tears. And God will wipe away those tears. And not just wipe away the tears himself, but he'll use people like you and me to wipe away the tears of people. How many can say amen? As I finished the second sermon this morning, Mother Teresa said it best. We're the only hands that Jesus has on this earth. It's your hands to wipe away the tears. Let's bow our heads and let's talk to Jesus. You got the video ready? I want to ask you a question. If you died today, where would you go? God doesn't want anybody here to go to hell. He wants everybody here to go to heaven. Do you need to give your life to Jesus? We had 19 people this morning give their life to Jesus. Maybe you need to do that. If you do on the count of three, I want you to raise your hand as high as you can and give your life to Jesus. Do you need God's forgiveness? He died for you. He gave his son for you. No reason to go to hell. Only your choice. Do you need to give your life to Jesus? If you do on the count of three, lift up your hand as high as you can and give your life to Jesus. Are you ready? One, two, three. Raise your hand to give your life to Jesus. Amen. We got Samuel, my buddy. Amen. All right, come up here. We're going to pray. And everybody stretch forth your hands to Samuel. Amen. We're going to pray. Just repeat after me. Just say, Jesus. Jesus. I give my life to you. I give my life to you. Jesus is Lord. Jesus is Lord. And my Savior. And my Savior. He died for me. He died for me. And rose from the dead. And rose from the dead. And is coming again. And is coming again. I'm going to serve Jesus. I'm going to serve Jesus. Every day. Every day. For the rest of my life. For the rest of my life. Give Samuel a hand. Amen. Woo! Awesome. You know, a guy did a revival years ago. Someone asked him, how'd it go? He said, two and a half people got saved. Two and a half? Yeah. Two kids and one adult. I hope you got that. Okay. All right. Let's go ahead. Now, this is our Honduras video. The problem with the video is it's five months old. Okay. So you'll see some of the buildings are already done, but they're not done in this video because it's five months old. But you know, it is what it is. So go ahead and uh, start it. It's been a paradoxical year at IMI. Nearly losing everything they built, they actually accomplished more than in any other year before. Thanks, that is, to everyone that came through in the crisis to give their money, their time, their talents, and themselves. Truth is, the light always pierces the darkness, provided there are warriors who are willing to carry the sword. So we're Scott and Sue McCumber. Uh, we've been here since September 1st of this year. We are acting as mom and dad to the orphans, loving it. Uh, kids are great. There's a lot of needs, not only monetarily, but physically, spiritually, emotionally. There's a lot of hurting kids, and it's just been fun to get to know them, to, to get to relate with them, and try and start training them in ways that would be beneficial to them in the future. And we were just, we just had regular jobs back in the States. And parents of three kids at our home and everything, and everything was fine, but we just knew that there was more, that there was more that we could be doing. And that's when, after our first visit here, September 2013, we went back and put our house on the market, quit our jobs after selling our home, and, and um, decided to come over and to just give what we had learned in our life. As expected, the new girls' orphanage is complete. Remember, who picked the colors of the girls' orphanage? construction cleanup, the new hotel is complete as well. With seven large bedrooms, a dining hall, and kitchen. Construction on the multi-purpose building that will, among other things, serve as a trade school for the orphans and surrounding community is well underway. It's finished. There's a new pooperia, otherwise known as a convenience store, just outside the gate and is also equipped with a full-service kitchen. 
The new hardware store is just about ready for business. The new medical clinic is complete and ready to open as well. Special thanks to the missionaries who applied their extensive expertise to make that happen. It's open. The next project on the list, a full church, gymnasium, and volleyball court. As in the American Midwest, the farm is the breadbasket of the city of refuge, as well as single mothers and widows in the surrounding community. Meet Pastor Oscar and his new wife, Seda, a teacher at IMI. In addition to working with the children, community evangelism, and prison ministry, Oscar is the brains and the engine behind the farm. What more closely resembled the desert just two years ago is now filled with vegetables and fruit trees. A modern irrigation system that is an engineering feat in itself pumps water from the river to a filtering system and then onto crops like mango, orange, lemon, and papaya trees, banana, and plantains, all growing almost as fast as the children. The warm, steady Honduran climate allows for a near-constant cycle of planting and harvesting the two main Honduran food staples, namely corn and beans. Oscar estimates that they produced over 10,000 pounds of corn and five to 8,000 pounds of beans last year. With the added land to plow and plant, he has a goal of producing 50,000 pounds of corn this year. A second tilapia pond is completed that will eventually yield hundreds of pounds of protein for the children. And the current chicken coop is fast becoming too small. And so missionaries worked hard digging post holes in the rocky Honduran soil and setting fence poles to create a more appropriate sized chicken coop. Actually for the chicken nation. And then next is uh, the chicken empire. That is the chicken legend, and that's it. Probably gonna, we're hoping that we finish this today. Tomorrow there's no more working. In addition, there's a growing population of pigs, cattle, and 12 milking cows that get milked at 5.30 every morning. Several turkeys that they plan to breed, there are goats, sheep, and horses that are used to drive the cows and cattle across the river every morning to graze on the 110 acres that IMI most recently purchased to expand the farm. We now have 218 farm acres. to bring hope, life, and a future, both earthly and eternal, to the myriad people still living and working and dying in dumps like this. The death rate of the kids that live in this garbage dump is 80%. This is actually where they live, in little homes next to this garbage dump. The contrast is profound. The needs and solutions are obvious. You know, we went back to the States for Thanksgiving to renew our visas, and we came back and took three of the older kids shopping one day for shoes and, and clothes. And one of the older girls, she's 12, looked at me and said, you know, um, you're not leaving? And I, I said, no, no, we're here right now. We're just waiting in the car for Scott. And she said, no, no. She said, my mom never came back, but you came back. So there's times where you think, oh, I don't want to go back. You know, it's hard. You know, it's different. You don't have all the luxuries you have in the States. But when you hear that, that kids are looking for that stability, they're looking for that person that really loves you and is going to come back. Remember Lixie, the little beaten and burned girl I and I rescued in 2013? To be honest, I was concerned about Lixie and her sister Angie when I saw them just six months ago. While physically healthy, their affect was flat, and the only expression they seemed to express was fear. Well, look at Lixie and Angie now. Little show-offs. This was actually one of their less giddy moments. 
She was burned so bad by her mom, the doctor gave her one day to live. She's doing all her scars in her back are gone. first trips down here we were um they brought him into the pool where we were staying at the hotel and, and uh, they had some pizza for lunch but they didn't there was never enough for all these kids so sue had found some crackers actually it was another missionary couple's crackers but she opened them, she opened them up and she started giving them out to the kids and the kids were like you know if you go to a beach and you have food on the beach you know how the seagulls come around like crazy that's how the kids were and they were just happy as could be and one was sitting on her lap and and then this little girl came up, and, and unfortunately, Sue was all out of crackers. And so she said, I'm, I'm sorry, I don't have any more. And, and the little boy sitting on her lap took his cracker, broke it in half, and gave her half the cracker. And when she told me the story, I said, you know, that's what God's asking us to do, just to take whatever we got and break it and give it to the kids. I guess obedience, love, and commitment really are powerful healing tools. Need I say more? Currently, right now, we are building what's called the City of Refuge in Honduras. Uh, we were picked best orphanage in Honduras about two years ago. We have over 90 employees that get their full-time living through working in the farm or the school, uh, in the different businesses that we have. So it's changing the community. We have 120 kids in our school there, and we have 72 full-time orphans. Worldwide, we feed between 11 and 12,000 people, most of them in the Philippines. We also have 500 kids in Christian school. They're getting educated. Education is the key to overcoming poverty. And 200 orphans in different um, places across the world. We're expanding into Nigeria. We have our NGO there. And I guess the one thing, too, is, is that what's unique about our ministry is all the money you give goes to help the kids. My wife and I do not need money to live on through the preaching. We have our rentals that pay our bills. So when you give tonight, all that goes to help kids. You're going to loan to God. So when you uh, make your offering, write down loan on your offering because you're going to loan to God. And how many here believe he can pay you back? Say amen. Amen. So thank you, Pastor Allen, for having me again. After all these years, he still likes me. It's a miracle of God that he likes me, and I love him too. Amen.